Hi, everyone. I'm Mike. And I'm Holly. And this is Married to Marketing, a weekly podcast where we bring you into our living room as we cover topics from marketing to customer experience to technology and how you can apply it to your business strategy today. Let's get into it. For today, we wanted to stick with the theme from the NAA Apartmentalized Conference and use the opportunity to dive into your episode, your session. Mine. Your session, since you had the opportunity to, to speak. Um, yours was all about uh, the renter's journey, what mm-hmm. that shopping process looks like, and some really deep research that you did on the subject. Yeah, so what was really fun about this research study versus a lot of other ones is that the subjects of the study knew they were being recorded, but they didn't know for what purpose or by what company. So um, we found folks who had gone through the renter's journey and actually rented apartments. And then we were able to historically look back at all the actions they took on all their different devices. So their cell phone, laptops, iPads, etc. So they, they rented an apartment and you were able to like go back in time and track everything that they did across their devices? Yeah. So every Google search they did, every ILS they hit, what, how many property websites they hit, all of that. We had all that data and then kind of condensed it down into a little presentation about some stats that we thought might surprise the industry. I I have, first of all, the research was awesome. The data was incredible, but I have so many questions about this, just the process itself (laughs) um, that we'll we'll leave for another day, I guess. But, um, you know, so I think that there were, there's a lot of different things and some really interesting points that we can get into, but just give me high level, what were the things that you were trying to cover? What were the things that, that you wanted to get out of this study? You know, I think that for a long time in every single um, industry, we've had this idea that the shopping journey is so linear. And we even talk about funnels a lot of time, right? And that's not actually what's happening when folks are shopping nowadays, especially with being fed messages everywhere online. Um, it ends up being more of a tornado than it's ever going to be <laughs> when you're shopping experience. Um, or maybe even like lightning and thunder strikes, you know? Um, so that is something I wanted to convey that this whole idea of single source attribution, it just isn't relevant in 2019 at all. So that was a big one. And then the other one is... In going through this entire study, what became really, really apparent is how difficult all of the different companies make apartment hunting for the shoppers. And we have some stats there that just uh, just blew this up. And I'll share one. I'll kind of uh, just break this out early. Is that only three out of ten shoppers finish the journey and actually rent an apartment at all? At all. 70% give up because of how difficult and how frustrating the journey is. All right, so that's that's huge. 70% of people just give up and decide, I'm just going to keep living with my parents or I'll... Or my boyfriend that I hate. I'll or, get a roommate or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that part's huge. Right. I also, I want to go back to the attribution thing because I want to just dig into that a little bit. So... 
traditionally there has been a trend among marketers that they want to try to quantify their spend. They sure. want to show that sources are working. So when they spend money on an advertising source, they want to be able to see, I got leases from this source. Right. And so, you know, we see people trying to track things like cost per lease. Right. And we see advertisers who have an entire model that is based on, here's what we charge for every we, every lease that we deliver to you. Right. But that's virtually that's that's not how anybody actually shops no not even close and there's a couple of ways we can look at this one obviously is just in the journey overall and that like at an average the shopper is hitting four ILSs. That doesn't talk about the rest of the journey that's not talking about property website right. that's not talking about chatbots or anything else that's just the beginning of the search research data that they're gra uh, gathering to just get a general idea of what apartments are in Columbus, Ohio. They're touching four different major ILSs on average. Now, are they starting there? Uh, most of them are. And if they're not starting there, they're starting with a Google search, but then landing in an ILS. So, so most people are starting with some kind of search. Whether Super it's, broad. Whether yeah. it's on Google or one of these apartment-specific ILS sites, right? Right. Um, and they're just trying to figure out, like, what are my options? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, like, even more general than what are my options, what am I even looking at? What's the price that I need to expect to pay in mm -hmm. XYZ City? Why are people using four different ILSs, do you think? Um, you know, I think it's just a, a general distrust of advertising. <laughs> you okay. want to know that sure. you've gotten all of the details and the only way to be sure is to check multiple sources. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure some of it is just, you know, I don't know how you do it, um, but when I go into Google, like, I will search something and one of the first couple of results I'm going to click on uh, and do some research, and then maybe later in the day or the next day, I'm just going to go back to Google and hit that search again mm -hmm. and potentially hit a different result, right? Yep. Um, so I think some of it's just that. I, I think something to keep in mind here is that when we talk about renting an apartment, for most people, this is the biggest check that they write every single month. For this sure. is the biggest shopping decision that they're going to make over the course of a year, 18 months, or however long they, mm -hmm. they want to live there. So people are probably going to do their homework. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see how much homework I do just on a, a vacation. I can't imagine when it's an apartment, right? Um, yeah. But then it's also the second part of that is how um, marketers are doing their job. You know, there's a lot of remarketing out there. There's a lot of, um, you know, I, I would say they're partially doing their job in that plenty of advertising is in place. Mm -hmm. So renters are getting through that initial search, clicking on some, you know, clicking on some buildings or clicking on some ILS's uh, general sites and getting remarketed. So then they're coming back into either the ILS or a property website via it could be social media, it could just be um, some digital ads, it, who knows. Mm -hmm. But there, or maybe <laughs> if someone's really doing their job, it's via email, um, but they're getting back to the site. So there's just so many different ways that can trigger you to go, oh, I need to start searching again. 
it's not like it's constant. It's not like you start the research for an apartment and finish it in the same day. Right. That makes sense. This is happening over the course of, you know, anywhere from four weeks on the short end to 90 plus days on the longer end. So this is kind of related to the attribution part, Mm -hmm. but I know that for, you know, as long as I've been in the business, people have been kind of trained to ask, like, how did you hear about us? Yeah. So I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. And I don't even know that, that it's bad to like stop asking the question, but what did you see? What was it? What did the data tell you about what people actually did and what the research, you know, what all of the history of their search told you versus what they actually thought that they did? Right. So customer recall versus actions, there's a huge disparity there. So what we saw is that, um, you know, we asked the question of customers, you know, what did you do? Did you visit one ILS? And was it this major one? And we labeled them out so they were able to recognize and what they call aided recall. So we listed the four major ILSs out there. And we said, did you go to this ILS? One, B, both A and B, both A, B, and C, or none of the above. Okay. And so uh, what people answered was, you know, I'm going to make up the numbers right now because I don't have them in front of me. Um, But it was, you know, 50% said, I went to just ILS A. And in reality... It was, they visited three. So there was this gigantic disparity between what they could actually recall and where they actually were and how many different sites they visited. And that's the danger in just asking a question instead of relying on tracking, you know, UTMs or tracking phone numbers or anything else is that um, just... Customers, they're not necessarily lying to you. They just don't remember. Yeah. And um, people are really bad at, at remembering where they saw you, um, which is which is exactly like you just said. You you really have to have the tools in place to be able to just track it through their behavior, not through relying on them to answer a question. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you're just being fed a million marketing messages a day. Right. Like you can't possibly be responsible for everything that's being thrown at you. Well, I, and you know, to your point about marketers doing their job well, like honestly, if I asked that question to somebody, I really like the best answer that I could get from a prospect would be, I see you guys everywhere. Like you're, you're amazing. My friends love you. Someone referred me. I'd see you everywhere. Like that'd be the ideal answer. Right, right. And I I gave the example during the presentation of a pair of shorts, running shorts. I was looking for some new running shorts because I wanted to find a pair where I could have my cell phone and my shorts instead of on my arm. I don't know. I have this weird thing about stuff on my arms. I won't even wear sleeves on my shirts. Um, But I found these shorts and uh, it was first through a blog on Runner's World or something like that. And then I obviously I clicked on the names. I was like, oh, those actually look decent. Let me take a look at them. And then um, I definitely remember at some point I saw an ad on Pinterest mm-hmm. for them. And I didn't do anything there. I just remember seeing it. 
but then I was on Instagram and I, uh, they had a fantastic video of this girl running on the beach. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be that girl. I want to be running on the beach while we live in Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) So, um, I bought the shorts, you know, (laughs) but it's like, gotta find a beach. That's right. Magically, we're still living in Ohio. Like we have not transported to the beach. So I'm a little disappointed, but, um, we did get out and run our miles today. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, like who actually gets credit for me buying those shorts, you know? Right. Should be some, some piece of all of them are getting some of that credit, right? Right. So you mentioned, you just talked about Pinterest and Instagram. You mentioned remarketing a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, did you see anything in the data that talked specifically about social media and its role in like how people shop? Um, it's kind of a combination of this data and then another research study that another friend of mine was working on about Gen Z. And she did this super deep dive over almost a year, just talking talking to Gen Z, but also tracking their behavior. Mm-hmm. And one of the most fascinating things, and this is super scary, I will tell you that up front, is that there's actually been an evolutionary change in brains from Gen oh, X. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> to Gen Z, <laughs> or and so what you need to know is that Gen Z can scroll through their phones one and a half times faster than millennials with the same recall of what they see on their screen, but five times faster than Gen X. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying and kind of impressive, but like mostly terrifying. Um, But when something catches their eye, they will just go crazy deep dive research on something, be it like, let's take a band, for instance, if they find some band that they're like, oh, I like these guys, they will scour the internet for every piece of information about that band. And what really makes their brains light up is when they find new information, a new track, a new fact about the, you know, bass guitarist, like that's what really just gets them off. Okay. Um, So what you need to know about that is that in your marketing, you need to be making sure that you're treating each social platform like its own little breadcrumb. And you leave a different piece of information on Insta than you would on Pinterest than you would on Facebook so that you can keep them interested enough and their brains like just firing all that dopamine that they just keep following you from site to site to site to site and just, you know, getting more and more interested in if it's your apartment, your apartment community, if it's your running shorts, your running shorts, mm-hmm. but to the point where they're ready to buy. That's how you really hook them. Um, and that's a big change and a big shift for what I would say a lot of companies are doing with social, where they're just putting the same ad, changing the, you know, whatever the parameters of the actual photo need to be for size versus Facebook, and it has to be a square on Insta or whatever, but they're not doing anything else. It's the same photo. And you really need to be sharing completely different data. Uh, I feel like that's a whole other a whole other topic. And like, it seems like there's a lot that we could get into there, but, but the general takeaway is like, let people 
discover different aspects about your community, different aspects about your product. Yeah. As the on their own. Yep. Just leave a breadcrumb trail across the internet for them. It's like it's like ET in the Reese's Pieces. Yeah. <laughs> leading the leading the way to your front oh, door. I love Reese's Pieces. Uh truth. So awareness is search, then leave the breadcrumbs, get people hooked, they're interested. Did you see anything anything interesting in the research about people trying to make contact and like trying to get in touch with properties? Um, you know, even whether it's just scheduling a tour or if more of that is going virtual and like staying online, any trends there about that back and forth interaction and actually yes. contacting the property? Yeah, totally. Go. And um, I think the, the thing that you really need to recognize here is that you need to be available on your customers' terms. And right now, uh, most people, are, most businesses are failing when it comes to this. Um, one of the things that we saw was that the peak time for folks to interact or customers to interact with, uh, be it an apartment community, or in our case, that's exactly what it was, and they were submitting inquiries between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Well, okay. I happen to know that most offices close between 4 and 5. Um, so you've got three hours there that are the peak time for customers, and no one's there to respond. Um, and it and it gets worse because it's like it's bad enough that no one's there to respond and there's no one no way for them to get more information, you know, from eight PM until nine AM the next day. Right. Like that's bad enough. But what we found and what was devastating both to the customers and to me, just as a marketer, is that only twenty five percent of the customers ever received a response like anything anything okay so as a marketer i'm spending all this money i'm finally getting some people to reach out and say hey i'm interested yep. and only 25 percent of them ever heard from a sales agent or a yeah. leasing agent that's almost made me cry and i almost cried on stage saying <laughs> it because i was so upset by that stat so you know, I, we 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 hired leasing salespeople to, to take care of these leads and to lease apartments for for our buildings. Yes. At the same time, there is a lot of other stuff that goes into that job. Uh, yes. You know, giving tours. You know, I think you said before it's a really like time intense, uh, interaction intense, uh, intricate process to like just sit there with somebody and walk them through apartments and help them find the place that's right for them, right? For sure. Like an actual sales process at one of our communities between warm-up, the tour, and closing is just under an hour. So I, are we asking too much of our leasing agents? And like, should we be looking at other solutions to help these people that are trying to contact the property, whether, you know, especially if it's after regular business hours? You know, I think this this is one of those topics that could be its own podcast. Mm -hmm. But I would say this. As a salesperson, whom I've been, and I worked on site as a, as a leasing agent, but I've also worked as a salesperson in other fields, 
you're not off the clock. It's not an eight-hour job, but that is kind of how leasing is treated is as an eight-hour job. Okay, sure. Um, but that aside, uh, we need to aid leasing agents with some automation. And I think there's never gonna, they're never going to be mad about a little assistance right. given the right way because we do ask a lot of them between resident retention um, you know, giving tours, answering the phone, responding to leads online. And if you're generating a lot of leads, they have a lot of work to do. So I think it's on marketers to really think about, are we setting the right expectations with our customers? And okay. that makes sense. What can we do to assist in the proper way? And, you know, nowadays, like we actually have a lot of tech that can help. Mm hmm. So we actually need to employ it. So live chat, chatbot, email autoresponders, text autoresponders. Yeah, all of the automated, above. Automated tour schedulers, those kinds of things. Yeah, and I mean, and the, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you haven't in any field, just go look at what your autoresponder says to a customer inquiry. Yep. Because I was really shocked when I saw what some of ours said, but also what some of our competition said. And um, again, I'm originally from New England, so I'm an East Coast girl. And uh, I think it would be really polite to call me impatient. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll go with you on that. <laughs> Smart man. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like when someone says to me or when I get in an autoresponder, we'll get back to you right away. Right away to me is between two to five minutes. That's what you got. Mm -hmm. If you tell me I'm going to do something right away, that's what I expect. Yep. Um, if your business closes at 5 p.m. and I reach out to you at 8 p.m. and I get an autoresponder that says you're going to get back to me right away, and you don't get back to me till the following day at 10 a.m., you're a liar. You're a liar, and now you've depleted my trust battery a little bit. And now that sales agent has to work even harder to get the sale from me. Sure. Because I don't trust you. Yep. Well, it's all of this is it's easy to see. It's frustrating, but it's easy to see how 70% of the people are, are just giving up, right? Because it's a... There's a lot of information, a lot of different sources out there where they're going for information. It's a lot of research and a lot of homework. People are looking at social. They're looking at ratings and reviews along the way. Mm -hmm. And when they do try and, you know, when they do find something that looks interesting, they, in most cases, people aren't hearing back. Yeah. And you have to really think about what that means in the case of, like, we put so much data out there. This is very similar to buying a car. Mm-hmm. And you remember this. You just went through this, what, like two years ago. Um, but because you can get so much data on the front end or the top end, you can research everything, pick out your color, pick out your finishes, um, know exactly, you know, whatever the location is. In the case of an apartment, it could be like right next to the pool or whatever. You've probably decided a bunch of these things already. Yep. And you've put yourself almost in a box. And then you reach out and either you can't get a hold of someone or you get a hold of someone and then they tell you you can't have that thing. 
You find the place you really want. <laughs> yep. And you can't have it. Yeah. So in either case, that's not great. So we have to maybe rethink what we're really doing there and the expectations that we're setting for a customer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can see where it's really frustrating where they're not even hearing back from any sales yeah. agent. And such an easier thing to do is just to rewrite that autoresponder and go, hey, thank you so much for your inquiry. We really want to talk to you. Here are our office hours. Yep. If you're reaching out to us after these hours, here's some things you can do until we're back in the office. Yeah. Here's a virtual tour. Here's an online tour scheduler. Here's our chat bot to ask, or our website FAQ to ask questions to. There's so many different things you could do. We take it a step further and we put it back on them and ask a question. And we see a lot of people will, will bite and they'll respond to that question. They give us even more information about what they're looking for. Right. And, and now they think they're in a conversation. Yeah. We go, hey, yeah, you know, here's our office hours. In the meantime, just tell us a little bit more about what you want. And, right. and we see a lot of people bite on that. So um, let's let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, recap for us. Amazing research, like real insights into what people are actually doing mm -hmm. and not just what they tell some focus group that they did. Right. So I thought that was really, really cool. But what was what was like the one thing that really stood out to you about the research and any of the data points you collected? I think the most obvious thing, and it's just screaming, is that it's so easy to beat the competition, and all you have to do is set the right expectation with your customer and yeah. respond. Set the expectations. Cool. Um, and so give me one thing that you think that marketers can do that to to use this data and to set better expectations for those customers in their journey? I think the first thing everyone should do is go do the customer journey without expectations. Start all the way out with whomever you're advertising with and just submit an inquiry and time it. Like diary it and see, hey, I submitted an inquiry at 8.39 p.m. When did I actually hear from someone? What did it say? How did it sound? And when was the next time I heard from someone? Mm -hmm. And look at what those actual replies look like. Are they even correct? Do they feel good? Do you feel like that business wants your business? Right. Um, and just in language alone, I think that's just a really simple thing is, are you setting the right tone for your customer? And are you setting the right expectation? Start there, start simple. You can dig into more later, but that's that's homework. That's your assignment. <laughs> for for people who um, might have questions or want to learn more about the research or any things that, that you've learned, what, what what do you want people to do? Um, what do I want them to do? Do you want them Do you want them to reach out to you? Do you want them to? Uh, is there is there a way that people can can get more on the research that you did? Uh, you know, we eventually will do a white paper. It hasn't been drafted yet. Okay. But in the meantime, if they want to ask questions, they can reach out to me. Twitter is probably the easiest or Instagram. And it's just apartmentalist. So do your homework. See what it feels like to be your own customer. And stay tuned for more on the, on the research. That's right. That's all we have for this week. 
Make sure to subscribe and hit us up on social if you have questions or a topic you want to hear us cover on a future episode. Until next time, take care of your customers and keep your eyes and mind open. Inspiration is everywhere and your next great breakthrough is likely right in front of you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We appreciate you. We'll see you right back here next time on Married to Marketing. Yeah.